Hey now, welcome back to the Drupal Easy Podcast. This is episode three of season 14. Today I'll be talking with Leslie Glenn from Redfin Solutions about how to get started with Project Browser. Now, Leslie is one of the initiative leads for this exciting upcoming feature of Drupal Core. Before we get to the interview, let me tell you a little bit about our long-form training courses. Uh, last episode, I told you all about our beginner-focused Drupal career online. That begins February 13th. You can learn more about that at drupalisi.com DCO. But don't forget, we are debuting our second long-form Drupal training course, and that is called Professional Module Development. That is 90 hours over 15 weeks, uh, but we're actually also offering a light version of that course, which is 60 hours over 10 weeks. Uh, during the course, we'll learn uh, developer tools, dependency injection, custom plugins, caching, and really just so much more. You can learn more about that at drupaleasy.com slash PMD. Leslie, welcome back to the Drupal Easy podcast. How are you this morning? I'm great, Mike. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me. You know what I like about you, Leslie? I like I like the fact that every time I talk to you, you do not bring up the Aaron Winborn Award that you won. <laughs> Unlike that some is, winners. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I do not do that. I'm very honored to have won that, but yeah. Yes. You're very modest. I like that. It's not in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, anyway, we're talking to you today about Project Browser, which is a Drupal community initiative of which you are one of the leads. Um, do you want to mention the other? I, I believe there's only one other lead. Am I right on that? That's correct. It's Chris Wells from Redfin Solutions, who's the other lead. Very good. And, and um, this initiative has been going on, I'm going to guess, and I'm really bad at this, so feel free to correct me as soon as I say it. This is probably what two years old, this initiative? It was announced by Dries uh, at DrupalCon North America 2021. I'm not sure. I don't recall the date oh. of that, but that's when oh. the initiative. So it isn't quite two years yet. All right. Yeah, well, year and a half, I'm, maybe. I feel pretty good about it, though, because you could have said it's four years old, and I wouldn't have been shocked that I was so wrong. <laughs> so, All right. So explain Project Browser to uh, me like I'm five years old. Okay, so initially, when Dries first announced it, as I just said, um, the idea was for the project browser to make it easy for site builders to find and install modules. So that was the, that was the goal when it was first announced. Uh, that was slightly modifi modified um, in, in Portland in 2022 at DrupalCon to be, um, we want to allow folks to discover great modules from within Drupal without having to go to drupal.org and install those modules with a click of a button. So the whole real idea of it is to allow, our target audience is site builders and those new to Drupal, although we anticipate everybody will use a project browser. Um, but the goal is to take away the barrier of having to know Composer, have to know what a terminal is to be able to install modules. All that functionality will be done with a click of a button from the interface, from the UI. Well, that's super exciting, first of all. Um, you know, I guess uh, the phrase I've heard around Project Browser is it's kind of like an app store for Drupal, but more of like a module store for Drupal. That's correct. Right now, it's modules. We started with modules. That's easy. That's the easiest thing. We're hoping to add additional things there as well. Additional things. So I'm going to like, guess like themes, possibly. Um, mm -hmm. 
not distributions. Yes, correct. Recipes, yes. Recipes in yep. the future, yep. Yep, so we're hoping to expand a bit. We're starting out with just modules. All right, so this is still in development. It uh, currently lives in Contrib, I believe, correct? That's, that's correct, yep. All right, and so the whole gist of this podcast is how to get involved in the Project Browser Initiative. So I was actually pleasantly surprised when I went to the project page and I saw that there's multiple ways, uh, relatively easy ways to test Project Browser. You want to tell us about those three real quick? Sure. Um, let's talk prior to, we had a beta two release the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. That actually allows you to do the install with the click of a button. We'll talk about that again, but the Gitpod and Gitpod does not allow you to uh, spin up the beta two release, but you can still use Gitpod to help us test. You just won't have that install button. The, the button mm -hmm. will say uh, view commands and basically it gives you a, a, a pop-up with all the different commands you would have to run to right. install other things. Let me, let me clarify just real quick what you're saying, because this threw me for a, a second or two as well. Yep. So it'll probably throw other folks. So before this most recent beta two release, when you selected a module through the project browser, you would hit a button and it would basically show you the commands, you know, the composer commands or the drush command, I suppose, to, to download and install that module. And that's really kind of only half of what the promise of project browser is. The other half is to actually install it as well. And that's, you know, completely related to another strategic initiative, which is automatic updates. It's just a way of installing modules from the UI or updating modules from the UI, which we'll talk about in another podcast. So the beta two actually added that functionality to click the button and have it automatically install without you ever having to open up a terminal or anything like that. That is correct. So it interfaces with package manager and automated updates, as you said. To right. Package Manager is a yeah. Package Manager is a new module that is a dependency of both Project Browser and Automatic Updates. Do I have that right? That's correct. You need to install that first. Correct. All right. So you can test um, some of Project Browser. Well, maybe not test, but you can contribute partly using Gitpod. What are the other two ways? Uh, well, simply test on me. Currently, there is an ongoing issue. Uh, there is an issue in the issue queue for that. So simply test on me uh, is not an alternative at the moment. Oh, no, uh, we're down two. So we're down yeah, to we're one. Down two. Well, like, <laughs> well Gitpod, Gitpod, you still can use. We, value, very valuable for folks who are new to Drupal and site builders to go in and just look at the interface. You know, I'm searching for, I'm trying to find a module to help me out. You know, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, right. So the third way is locally. Um, you can just uh, compose a require the project browser beta 2 version. And then you can, there's a couple of commands to install the things we've talked about, package manager, and then uh, automated updates. And then there's a flag. So by default, the automated updates will not be turned on. Mm -hmm. There's just a flag that you have to select to say, I want to use that. And that's just the current way that, is, that it's, um, the UI is working. Okay. So there is a, a link to the instructions to do that, which I will share with you and you can share uh, in the notes. All right. Perfect. So the first thing I normally look at whenever I install a new module, although technically I guess I should say whenever I install a new project is what modules are included. So I know that project browser includes more than just the main project uh, browser module. 
Um, I believe there's two others. Can you just briefly mention what those are and what they do? Yep. I can start with the other one that I know is being used right now with Project Browser, which is the source example. Uh, so a Project Browser source by default, and we'll, we're going to talk about this in a minute, actually, is the, the interface. But um, the source example allows you to have other collections of modules besides just the contrib modules. So again, we'll get into that in the next section, but that's what the Project Browser source example, like I'm Stanford University or um, company ABC, and I have my list of preferred modules. How do I set up that source so that when people in my, on my team building sites for my organization go to Project Browser, it'll pull in the modules that, that, that I prefer as opposed to just pulling in the, the uh, contrib modules in so general. Let me ask a question about that because that's interesting. So is that a list of custom modules or is that a list of, you know, use the word preferred, which is why I think what I'm keying in on. Mm-hmm. Is that like a subset of the contrib modules on Drupal.org that are kind of allowed, quote unquote, for that particular organization? Or is it a combination of custom no, it's, and... No, it, it's, it's the latter, I believe. It's, it's, the, um, okay. it's the preferred modules that you want your company or organization to, to use as opposed to others. There's a lot of modules out there. So if you as have opposed a to all of the modules. Together. Correct. Correct. Okay, cool. Yep. Very so cool. that's what that one does. Devel, I honestly have never used it before. So right <laughs> now I can't tell you. There's two arms to this whole project team. There's the site builder subcommittee, which I lead, and then which is more the UI testing, you know, getting making sure that it's going to be useful for our target audience. And then there's a technical team. I can get an answer for you on that, but I right now cannot tell you what Devel does. Well, let's just say it does developer-y stuff. Yeah, correct. Yep. All, right. All right. So the interface is really cool. Um I actually hadn't played with it in a few months, so I installed beta two uh, a day or two mm-hmm. ago and I was playing with it. Mm-hmm. And my initial question, and I know you're gonna have an answer for this because this is, you know, as you just said, you're kind of leading the the site building side of it. You know, my first big question was how who decides or how is it decided which modules appear, you know, by default on you know on that very first page? Okay, so the key thing is which is different from going to the Drupal.org page is it's only going to return modules that will work with the version of Drupal that your site is built in. So we're within a Drupal site. If it's Drupal 9, for instance, it'll only bring back modules that are compatible with Drupal 9. Helpful. It won't bring back all the Drupal 7 and 8 and all those other modules that, that you wouldn't want to choose for a Drupal 9 site. So that's a huge win. So, and it's right from within your module that you're doing this browsing. The second thing is... We're only, by default, we're bringing back modules that are covered by the security policy. So that's another check that we do. And the third one is, is it maintained? Is it at least moderately maintained? So those are the three defaults. And then it brings you back the top uh, the top use. So it, it goes by usage. So the first one is the one that, that is used the most, and then it goes down from there. So oh, so it go, it actually uses the the same numbers that we see on the project page on Drupal.org for the, the the usage. That's what the order. That's the default sort order. There's other ways to sort them, but that's the default because it's what's what most people install is what somebody new to Drupal would want to look at is the assumption. So the maintained bit um, is that a is that a judgment call anywhere or is that 
like what dictates if something is maintained or not? Is there a rule? Is there like a quantitative rule? Yes, there is. It's it's from the Drupal.org page and it's the maintenance status, I believe. And there's a couple of them that we include. I, I don't remember this. This was about a year ago that we made that decision. Oh, but yeah. yes, it's stuff that's it's stuff that's maintained. We don't really look at the development status. Right. We look at the maintenance. There's two different things on Drupal.org. We look at the maintenance and make sure it's at least minimally maintained before we will show it by default. I guess the 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 pessimist in me, which is a very small part of me, I like to think. Um, I, I, I look at something like this and I'm like, okay, how can this be gained? Right. If, you know, if mm-hmm. someone wants to like really promote their module and get it up, you know, towards the top of this def- list by default, it seems like none of this is qualitative. It's all quantitative based on existing data on drupal.org. Do I, do I have that right? Yes, that's the idea. Uh, one thing we're also doing, which we haven't talked about, is categories is another filter. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, good. Okay, so we can I talk about how a lot that's... Of work on that. <laughs> yep, yeah, we can talk about that, how that was being used to promote modules, possibly. So, yeah, we can talk about that one. But those are the defaults. There are advanced filters, just so people who might be listening who are more advanced. There are the advanced filters that allow you to do things like development status or show me ones that aren't covered by security policy. So you still can get to that, but that's hidden, you know, behind a filter. You can't actually see those by default. So are there plans or have there been discussions for adding additional filters in the future? I don't know what they would be. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but it seems like, you know, with any search tool, whether you're searching for modules or, or, you know, or using, you know, DuckDuckGo or something like that. There's, there's always, you know, advanced filters that can really help you narrow it down. Right. Yep. So there are, there are other things like I didn't mention the main one, which is the, uh, the textual search. Um, So you can just go in and you can put in the module name. We intend to have that cover the, you know, the short description, possibly the categories. Um, So that's one way. That's one way a lot of people search is they just type something in. They've heard about, you know, uh, redirect, and they'll just type in that word. So that that's one filter that I didn't neglected to mention. One of the other ones we think about adding is ecosystem. So there is an ecosystem. So let's just say it's commerce, the commerce ecosystem. There's a lot of modules that are dependent. You know, once you install, let's just say it's commerce. There's a bunch of other modules, payments, and all that kind of stuff that you can get. So that would bring back all the related modules that are part of the ecosystem, which is defined on Drupal.org. You know, the same with Webform has an ecosystem. I would imagine that's got an over some overlap with the categories, though. Ecosystem and categories are not quite the same thing, but in the same ballpark. Yep, and we can talk about how we're hoping to differentiate that. So one of the things that I've, I thought... And I didn't even think that this would be a part of this project until I heard about it. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense that this needs to be done. In addition to the categories, which we're going to talk about next, Mm -hmm. the fact that I know that your team has put a lot of work into writing teasers, like small little descriptions of these modules, as well as, you know, creating icons for you know, some of these modules that don't have icons yet. And it really, it adds a lot to that, to the project browser page as you're scrolling through to see, you know, an icon, a name, a one or two sentence description, 
um, some 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 categories or tags, you know. Right. So, yeah, a lot of effort's been happening there. A lot of con contributions from across the community of all different levels. You know, people brand new to Drupal and experienced module maintainers have helped out. But yeah, so a designer's easy way to get involved is to create the create the logos or or review somebody else's logos. Um, the you call the teaser. We call it short description. Okay, fair enough. It, 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 it is going to use the summary field on Drupal.org. So there's a body field and there's a summary which is not being used for anything. Uh, it's a 200-character summary field. So instead of just grabbing the first 200 characters of the description or the body, mm -hmm. we decided that having a short, non-technical, and that's key, non-technical description yeah. is what we wanted on the cards on the front page of the project browser. So it's a, just a quick synopsis of what this module will do for me if I'm looking for a module and then I can drill further into it to see the details. So how are those, I mean, are, are you opening issues or well, not you personally, but the team uh, opening issues in like the top 100 most used modules for, uh, you know, a, a short description and an icon and kind of working in issues directly in each modules issue queue, or is this being handled in the project browser issue queue? Currently, it's being handled in the project browser issue queue. So there is a meta issue for each module. And then there are three child issues, one for the logo, mm -hmm. one for the short description, and then one for the categories, because we do have to clean. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But yes, no, let's talk about that now. Let's that's okay. a great segue. Let's go right okay. to it. Yeah. Right, so so I think a lot of folks who have been around the Drupal community, as long as you and I have, Leslie, I'll speak for myself here, but you know, I, the categories have kind of become less and less useful as time has gone on because they were just, you know, quite a mess. There was some duplication in there and I just didn't really think it was very high quality data. And I know early on, this was something that you and the rest of the team kind of identified as uh, something that needs to be cleaned up. So, so tell us about that effort. Right. So that effort has been ongoing. We did a research first to look at the current categories. There are 55 current categories, which is way too many. Um, there's a lot of duplication, as you say. There's a lot of old categories like CCK, which aren't really relevant anymore. So we started um, a project to take those and see how we could, you know, eliminate, change, rename them, add new ones, you know. And we decided we actually had a boff um, Geez, I don't remember which camp it was at. Could have been bad camp. Um, that we talked about, you know, what what approach should we use? This is going to take forever to go through all these categories and figure out, you know, what we should do. So somebody, it was actually Susan Dekachevitz from Evolving Web, that came up with the idea of why don't we just start with a minimal number and go from there. So basically, what we're doing now is we have like eighteen categories. Uh, we're creating descriptions of those. Um, you know, what we feel would fall into those 18. And we're doing, we've been having the last two meetings, we had uh, Zoom calls as opposed to just asynchronous uh, Slack uh, meetings where we actually talked about it. And we're trying to figure out if that 18 is the right number. And the next round is to figure out which categories would fit into those, um, I'm sorry, which modules would fit into those categories. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to run it by the maintainers. And then we're going to run it by a set of people in our target audience to make sure that the naming of those categories would resonate with somebody that was looking for wow. a module. 
So we're trying to make that a lot more, a lot easier right now. There are some modules. I think they have, and I forget the number. Let's just say 25, 30 categories assigned to them. So yeah. your module would appear no matter which category you selected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, trying to limit it. we're trying to limit it to three, the top three categories. Right. So one to three categories that your module would, um, would fall under. And I just want to finish one thing that we started talking about was um, the maintainers. So yes, the issues are in the project browser queue right now, but after the, the uh, issues get uh, worked on and they're ready for review, I, I, I create an issue in the maintainers queue with the suggested logo, the suggested description, suggested categories, and then they go and make the changes. So that's how we're going to work with the maintainers to get this all done. Okay. First of all, Wow, <laughs> because this is, you know, what I'm really impressed so far is, you know, we've been talking, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes so far, and we haven't really talked about anything code. Like everything we've talked about from how to, you know, get involved in the Project Browser Initiative has been from non the non-code side of things, which I think is fantastic. Number two, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, currently in beta two, the categories that are displayed in Project Browser are the old categories not the new categories, right? That is correct. I did want to say that out loud because if you go, I'm staring at the interface right now, and I always chuckle whenever I see content construction kit references. Yep. Mm -hmm. Does anyone who's been in the community for five years or less is like, oh, content construction kit, that sounds new. What is that? And really, mm -hmm. oh no, that's, that's <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That was the first thing I identified that was like, oh yeah, that one's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then uh, my third point is, um, you know, just what a, a, a huge amount of, of work, um, uh, you know, the categorization, the writing the short descriptions and the designing of the new icons is, um, especially when you consider, and I don't know, are you focusing just on the top 100, 200? Like what are you focusing on the, on a subset of contributor modules right now for that effort? Yes, right now we're doing uh, the top 100, and we've made good, really good progress on the top 50. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that's fine. So great progress on the top 50. That's good. So I would imagine, and I, you know, you and I have not talked about this, but I would imagine that there is some hope among the team that if the, you know, between getting the top 100 sorted and Project Browser getting more eyeballs on it and tested and and getting closer to um, you know moving into core, that those two things are going to encourage uh, module maintainers to update their own short description logo and categories. Is that the idea? I, I can't imagine that your team is super excited about. Okay, well we got the first one hundred done. Now let's do the next nineteen hundred. Correct. Yeah, that is correct. So the hope is that once. Module maintainers get more familiar with the project browser, see it and see how it's being used, that they will just go in and, you know, add these things. They might not add the logos. We might need, you know, designers to come in and add the logos for some of their modules, but it'll just be an issue that's created for that. But yeah, hopefully they will at least uh, try to create short non-tactical descriptions. And then we'll just have a community feedback on those like we do for everything else. Right, right, right. Okay. This is super exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. So I will ask one question. So the, well, I, I will ask many questions as has been the case so, so far. Um, and this might get more to the technical side of it, or I don't know, maybe not, but 
one of the first things I did when I installed it was I wanted to play with that search. And I was thinking about meta tag module, but I didn't want to search for meta tag. And you can tell me, you can cut me off anytime and basically say, well, the search isn't done yet. We're not indexing all the fields or whatever. But I did, you know, I searched for SEO, um, hoping that meta tag would come up high in those results and it didn't. Now, is that more of an issue with we need to write better teasers or is that more of a category, a, a, a categorization issue, or is that more of a technical type of issue? Your first statement that the search is not completed yet is 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 the answer to all of those. So yes, we Perfect. want the short descriptions to have those type of tags within them. Right. Right now, it's not looking at categories. It's only it's right now. I believe it's only looking at the description field. So if I was, well, let's say if I was me, as I am me, and I ran across that, is that an issue that I should submit as a bug right now, or now knowing that search is not ready and working, should I hold off on something like that? I would recommend creating an issue if an issue doesn't already exist with what you hope that people, you know, folks put into that search box. So you hope that it's going to look at categories. You hope that it's going to look at short descriptions. If that doesn't exist, that would be helpful to know what your expectations are for that. Yeah, I think a lot of times, and even me included, when you're playing with a, a, a pre-release version of anything and you find a bug, there's always a little bit of hesitation about, should I file that bug report? It's still in beta, so they probably know about it, right? That, that they probably know about it, you know, idea. Right, but I but think, I mean, you... that's a... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just say... going to say... <laughs> no, you go. You're, okay. you're my guest. <laughs> okay. I was just going to say that um, we deal with, we, we do everything with issues. So if there isn't an issue, it hasn't been identified as an independent little thing that we need to work on. Ah. So you are helping us by creating those issues. All right. Very good. And that's a, that's a, a super valuable contribution as well. Correct. Yep. Um, it, to, like if you're just playing with this thing for a half hour and you see something like that, go to the project browser issue queue, search for it and see if, you know, someone else already reported it. If not, report it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's kind of get down to the nitty gritty about answering this question of, um, of how to contribute. And then we'll, we'll kind of finish up. I want to talk about the uh, integration with automatic, not automatic, well, with, uh, what's the? The package manager. Package manager. That's the word I couldn't Mm -hmm. think of. Package manager. Thank you. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But it seems like we've identified, you know, to answer the question of the podcast is how to get involved in Project Browser Initiative. From a non-code standpoint, you know, get in the issue queue. If you want to write teasers, look for, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's probably pretty easy in, in the Project Browser issue queue to find issues related to writing teasers, categorization, working on that. If you're a designer, if you have any design skills whatsoever, you know, I'm sure, Leslie, you can give me, like, how many folks are actually creating these logos? Is that, like, I'm going to guess less than five? No, no, no. I would say closer to 10 to 15. So when we have different contrib days at all these different camps and DrupalCons, folks come, designers come, and they just, you know, they might only do it for that day, or they might come back and do some more when they have time. But yeah, we've, we've had a lot of different folks contribute to that, which is great for the design oh, that's, community. Wow, that's yeah. I don't know if I should be surprised by that or not, but that's fantastic. How about folks who just want to download it, install it, and test it? Like at this point in time, at beta two, what areas should they be focusing on testing? I think if they haven't seen it before, 
and they just use Gitpod and they don't even do beta 2. They, I mean, they do beta 2, but they don't have the, uh, the ability to automatically install. Just, you know, it doesn't make sense. Is it, is it non-tactical enough for, for them to understand how to go and search for modules? Um, are there any things that aren't working? So that's one thing. We do have a Kanban board yes. that does that has the top hundred in it, and that has everything that like needs work, needs review, et cetera. That's the place to go if you want to work on the um, the teasers or short descriptions or the designing of the logos or the categories. I already have that link in the show okay. notes, so that will definitely be perfect. In the show yeah, that's really notes. helpful Fantastic. for folks to just go there and and you know it only takes a few minutes to do some of those. So all contributions welcome there by any any skill levels. And let's throw a bone to folks who want to get involved on the code side of things. What's the what's kind of the the best first step for folks who want to get involved on the code side? I would of say so. We have project. two weekly meetings, um, asynchronous Slack. Typically, Tuesdays at ten a.m. is the site builder subcommittee that I lead, so I run that meeting. On Wednesdays, I'm sorry, Tuesdays at four p.m. I misspoke. Is the site builder subcommittee Wednesdays at ten a.m. and those are both Eastern. Uh, 10 a.m. Eastern is more the tactical discussion. So I would I would recommend getting there, you know, coming in there or just hopping in the project browser channel on Drupal Slack and say, I'm interested in helping out from the from a code standpoint. Maybe you're interested in Svelte JavaScript and you want to get into that because once this module goes to core, Svelte has to go to be in core. So maybe that's an area that you're interested in. So, yeah, um, I would recommend one of those two options. And it's it's uh, on on in the Drupal Slack. It's pound project dash browser, correct? That's that's correct. Yeah. All right. Very good. Okay. So let's. Uh, I want to talk real quick about this. What I think is very exciting, and this is kind of the you know, in my opinion, one of the the killer features of, of this effort is the ability to have the one click install. So as we mentioned, you know, twenty minutes ago or so that. As you browse a module with with before beta two, if you liked it, you hit the button. It would show you the instructions on how to install it with Composer, run this command, blah 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 blah. But with beta two and uh, the package manager module, it's a one click install, which is super exciting. I tested on my local machine. Uh, most folks who know me know that I run DDev. Mm-hmm. You know, no issues whatsoever. So, do you expect? And I know this. You know, this is always a question I have whenever I think or talk about automatic updates is the one click install is great for a certain percentage of users, you know, who have a a particular type of hosting. Mm -hmm. But for me, that challenge, you know, and this is coming from someone who builds sites and and teaches this stuff and uses Git every day and stuff like that. I, I think it's a little bit confusing for a lot of people. If I do a one click install, how do I commit that to the repository? So how does that, I mean, in your head, how does that kind of like gel? Like how, how do you talk to someone about Project Browser and one-click install with kind of that big, to me, it feels like a big caveat hanging over over my head on that. Yeah, that's a very good question. Quite honestly, I haven't been involved with any of the detailed discussions okay. with Ted Bowman and the team on that. But yeah. that is the reason that they did put the default to not allow the automated updates at least right now right that you have to have to select that as a new user of the site it's it's great because if i install token for instance if i hit the button that says install it it goes and it realizes that path auto is a uh, dependency 
Yeah. So it'll not only install token, it installs Path Auto for you as well. So they don't, they don't even have to know that Path Auto. I think you have that backwards, but I take your point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Other way around. But that's I okay. probably I probably do, but yes. Um, <laughs> you, you, can te- you can test that, you know, yeah. using beta, beta 2. But there are questions about, you know, there's a lot of different hosts, a lot of different you know, setups and automatic updates will work for some may, may give you some errors on others. So that, that's something that we need help with uh, testing beta too, is for folks to go in and, and see what their configuration, how, you know, does it work? What types of errors does it come up with? And that's more in the automated updates initiative queue to kind of work on those Pack, uh, project browser is relying on that, that the great work that, that those teams do. Uh, to take care of all those issues. Yeah, I'm really, I'm fascinated by that one aspect of it because I, I think it's going to, you know, it's a great feature, but it's going to change. I, I, I think it's probably going to have some type of trickle-down effect to Drupal hosting as well because it's one of those features that folks are going to want, but they're not going to want to hear that, oh, I can't have it because, you know, of my hosting and Git and this and that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's a really interesting problem of our own making, and it's kind of I think it's the, the you know it's the type of problem we want. But but it does solve the problem of people being you know I don't want to say afraid of, but people hesitating to do all this because of the terminal and because of Composer, and that's all very technical, and we're trying to get around that. So hopefully for a set of individuals, this install button is going to be a big win for Drupal. I think in some ways it. it you know, it cuts both ways because once it becomes really easy for folks to install stuff, the question is, should you install all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. not, now, I'm, oh, I'm going to test these 13 modules. Oh, and, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know I have to disable them if I'm not or uninstall them if I'm not using them. So I think, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. We're going to have new problems, new challenges in the future. Yes. Oh, I, I agree. But that's what's fun about Drupal, right? You yep. have a community. We solve all these new challenges. Um, one right. more thing that we haven't mentioned is the recipes initiative, which t- also ties in very uh, directly to Project Browser. So when we first started, we had this thing on use cases. You know, people come to Project Browser and they have a specific thing in mind. I want to create an event website, an event, you know, or I want right. to do a library website or something. So the recipes, hopefully, will be out- allowed also allow folks to search for a recipe and say, give me all the modules and configuration that I need to create an event, you know, management system here. So that's how recipes will come in. Fantastic. All right, Leslie, thank you very much for your time. I do have one final question for you. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you are uh, from, uh, are you originally from Massachusetts? Do I have that right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, All right. So this, you're going to have to think about this question for a moment. Um, it involves, it probably involves a very large number. I grew up in Connecticut, you know, just, just, uh, over the border of Massachusetts. And it's kind of a joke I have with, uh, with my family and friends up there, but Leslie, I'm going to ask you right now within five miles of where you are right now, how many Dunkin' Donuts are there? I want to <laughs> say within five miles. I bet you it's more than 20. Yeah, I, I would guess that it probably is more than twenty. Right in my right in my town, there's probably six or seven. So yeah, unbelievable. Dunkin' Donuts. Not many Tim Hortons, but there are a lot of Dunkin' Donuts. How, how far is the closest one to you? 
Yeah. Oh my God, that's fantastic. Oh no. <laughs> I was driving home yesterday and I, I drove home a slightly different route because I was actually meeting uh, meeting my son for dinner. And there's a brand new Dunkin' Donuts that went up, you know, seemingly overnight. Wow. You know, because I think I just drove down that road, you know, maybe three weeks ago and I didn't see any sign of the Dunkin' Donuts. So the the invasion, the worldwide invasion is is full on. Yeah. Well, I know the architect that does a lot of the Duncans. Oh, wow. He actually architected the, did the addition to the house that I'm in. He's a, he's a friend from college. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So he does a lot of the Duncans. He probably did the one that sprung up in your son's neighborhood. So you have a, you have Dunkin' Donuts in your house now. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's the closest one. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I even, as you know, and some other folks know, I, I spend time in Belgium and there are, you know, there are now Dunkin' Donuts in, in, in the cities in Belgium. Not, maybe not all of them, but at least, at least in Antwerp, there's multiple Dunkin' Donuts. Nice. Um, which, well, I don't know. It's nice. I mean, it's a, it's a bit much if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, well, for folks that love Dunkin' Donuts, I guess that yeah. works. The funny thing is they don't open early in Belgium. They open like 9 a.m. So it's more, it's wow. not so much like an early morning coffee place as it is like a afternoon donut and dessert store. Yeah, mm. it's a weird, yeah. it's kind of weird. Different. Anyway, all right, Leslie, I think we've talked enough. Okay, great. Well, I just want to thank all the contributors who have helped us so far and welcome anybody that wants to help us out. As small amount of time as you have, you're welcome. All right. Thank you, Leslie. And uh, all the links we talked about, I'll put in the show notes. Perfect. Thanks, Mike, for having me.